Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Hey, y'all, and thank you so much for tuning back into another segment here on GEMS Podcast. With me today in the hot seat is Miss Joy Mason, and here's a little bit more about my special guest. She is the founder and president of Optimist Business Solutions, a training and consulting firm that helps organizations achieve consistent results in less time with more buy-in. She is a certified Six Sigma black belt with over 25 years of experience in pharmaceutical manufacturing, laboratory operations, and risk management with an emphasis on business processes and quality systems. After a successful career at Eli Lilly, a company that spanned over 30 years, Joy retired in 2017 and has established herself as an entrepreneur author and motivational speaker. Through Optimist Business Solutions, Joy masterly applies customized Lean Six Sigma strategies for clients. She is currently applying continuous improvement and change management strategies to assist state agencies, public institutions, and small businesses achieve their goals. In 2021, Joy launched a new service to amplify DEI initiatives with the same continuous improvement strategies. So without further ado, please welcome Joy E. Mason. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. My pleasure, Joy. And first of all, I want to start off by connecting with you on a personal level and also giving my audience an insight. And since we are pressed for time, I am just going to do the icebreaker versus the rapid fire 10 question game. So I want you to share something fun and interesting about yourself or something crazy that you have done in your life. Uh, something crazy that I have done. Now, I don't know if you call this crazy, but it's very interesting. And that is uh, my husband and I, we went, let's see, three years ago to Giza, Egypt, and we went into the pyramids and we went all the way down into the pyramids. And it was just the coolest thing. It's one thing to go down into the pyramids and just to see all the paintings and the carvings. And it, it's just incredible to see uh, what was done about what 3,000 years ago. But coming up out of the pyramid, you need to get some workouts in before, <laughs> before you go down in those pyramids because it's pretty steep incline. And in fact, I think they need a warning to tell you if you've got any kind of heart issue or if you're not in shape, do not go down into the pyramid. So I don't know how crazy that was, but it was it was certainly fun. That I would say that was, that's a little bit of both fun and interesting as well as crazy, because if you're not in a physical incline, then you could kind of, you know, burn yourself out just trying to get out. So thank you for sharing that, Joy. Yeah. And let's jump into your business, which is Optimist Business Solution. So what was the inspiration behind the name? Well, behind the name, I'm an optimist. In fact, I don't have my brand color on today. Shame on me, but you have my brand color on. (laughs) You've got yellow. So I'm generally an optimist and I try to see the best 
and things are always seeing opportunity for improvement. And I'm a continuous improvement professional. So you have to be optimistic and hopeful uh, to be a continuous improvement professional. So that's where the yellow represents that. And then the um, business, it's all about business. And then I've got blue in my logo colors. That's part of my branding. And then I'm all about solutions as well. So Optimus Business Solutions, I created that right after I retired. I retired from Eli Lilly and Company in uh, 2017 after 30 years. And in January 2018, I jumped right into entrepreneurship and I started this business. And really, it's all about helping. I help a variety of organizations between nonprofit, for-profit and state agencies just help them get better results, more efficiency, uh, get better processes and systems. And frankly, it's it's what I enjoy. I really enjoy doing it. It's not like work to me. And whenever you think about processes for scalability and you pair that with diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, what are some of the challenges that you're helping your ideal avatar with in that space? And just really moving it from a check the box, like, as, oh yeah, we're just going to check off that we have diverse talent or we're inclusive or we're equitable to really making it sustainable because we saw a lot of organizations that were just doing the check the box to get by, but they weren't yeah. really doing work that was sustainable in that field to really show their employees that they were in it for the long haul. Thank you for that question. I love the question because it taps into my unique value proposition. Also, I'm going to address your question about the challenge. So the unique value proposition and the challenge are related. When I come in with Optimus Business Solutions, one of the biggest challenges is that the clients are used to more soft skills training, like let's talk about our biases so we can be aware of our biases. Uh, let's talk about what diversity is. Let's talk about how we build relationships across diverse people, but more so the focus is on soft skills. I am a scientist by education. I was in a scientific environment. So I think about the scientific method <laughs> in terms of, you know, what is your hypothesis first? And just like Six Sigma, what is the problem first? And we need data. We need a baseline of data. So when we say we want to make something better, what does better look like? It can't just be some amoeba-like feel-good uh, uh, idea of better. So with my unique value proposition is that I come into organizations, I tell them, you know what? You don't have to be vulnerable. To be vulnerable and share your biases and share how you grew up and some of your you know, deepest feelings, about gender and race, those are very difficult conversations to have. And a lot of times the psychological safety has not been established in the room. I have been through that type of training where the psychological safety was not there, yet you open up these very difficult conversations. And the research says that a lot of times with this training, when you ask people to be vulnerable, white people come out resentful and black and brown people come out hurt. So you have to be really careful with training. So I tell everybody, my clients, I'm not asking you to reveal your biases. I'm not asking you to be vulnerable. So you can kind of exhale and let your shoulders down. Yeah. 
And what I want to do is help them look at what processes need to be improved to increase equity. And we actually look at quantitatively how we want to improve equity. So whether it's the promotion process, hiring process, talent development process, compensation process, um, completion rates, participation, all of that is a process. And if we can get data and actually map out the process, those two things alone, looking at data, mapping out the process, all types of opportunities for improvement are revealed. And that gives us a good start to have having something that is more tangible, um, more tangible action steps and measures, quantitative measures to improve equity. So that's what I'm doing with my DEI work with Optimus Business Solutions on the profit side as a consultant. But also I've got the Six Sigma Racial Equity Institute, which is teaching women how to do this uh, in the same way I'm doing it. And their projects are actually uh, community projects in Marion County, Indianapolis, that address different um, inequities that impact Black people in the workforce, uh, education, and in healthcare. And so I just, uh, I love the work, and I really believe how I'm approaching it is my unique value proposition. And I'll take back something. It's not what I think, it's what I know, because I have actually asked clients when I get the contract, why did you choose me? And they actually say, because I have a very different uh, process, systems-oriented approach. Because if we keep trying to beat people down on their biases, we're just not going to get very far. We haven't gotten very far uh, to date, in my opinion. So working on systems and processes is where we can get something that, like you said, is more sustainable. And that's what we want. Absolutely. And I like the process that you're going by because it shows that you are truly looking at the RCA, the root cause analysis, and you're asking those right questions, but you're also holding them accountable. And by working with you, it becomes a partnership and a collaborative effort in order for that sustainability to really show up and be in it for the long haul, because this is not something that we're going to fix overnight. We have to work on it and we have to refine it together. And I think all organizations can benefit from the information that you're bringing to the forefront and coming from a corporate background myself where I spent 15 years in corporate America but 12 in the oil and gas and energy sector which is the good old boys club very male dominated sometimes you don't always see people that look like you at the board of directors or in certain rooms that you walk in so you have to work twice as hard to be seen and heard because you don't want to be that one person that that you know, ruins it for everyone. You want to be that one person that breaks the mold, but then says, okay, because of her, we're going to hire other people. And in that you can be your own hidden figure. Yes. Yeah. So when you think about, um, black belt, lean, six, lean, six, Sigma, and you being a black belt, Tell the audience what exactly is Lean Six Sigma because we've heard so many people say, oh, I'm a Lean Six Sigma yellow belt or black belt or whatnot. And sometimes that information just goes over their head and that definitely shows processes, but there are certain things that you have to do to get up to the next level. 
Okay. Uh, yes, and sometimes I have to be reminded that people need to know just basically and simply what is Six Sigma. With Six Sigma, well, there's Lean Six Sigma. So with Lean, it's about whatever your processes and systems are. So it really doesn't matter what industry you're in. You need to make sure that internally, everything you do is value added, that there is no waste. And there are different articles out there that say with administrative type work, there is as much as 50 to 80% waste where we're just moving paper around. So with lean, it's all about maximizing value and uh, minimizing waste. And when it comes to value, value is defined by the client or the customer, not by the business. Because if you defined it, you say that everything you're doing is valuable, right? Because you probably created uh, a good number of the processes that you're working on. So you're emotionally attached to it. But when you use the definition of Okay, the clients, if they came into your office and they watched the paper that you were shuffling and you said, I'm doing it for you, but if they look at it and say, no, that adds no value to me, then that is not value added. That's what lean is, maximizing value, minimizing, minimizing waste. With Six Sigma, that is actually about reducing variation. So that's the word that we use more in a corporate like production setting where you have a process that is not in control. Uh, and so you're trying to reduce the wild variations in your outputs and your outcomes. And you're trying to get that process under control so you have more, uh, you have more consistent deliverables. Now, more in the community space where I am through my institute trying to pull Six Sigma in, it's more about problem solving and more specifically close equity gaps that impact Black people. So I'm very excited about how we're able to apply Six Sigma. Now, I know I still did not explain what Six Sigma is. Six Sigma is a methodology. And I'll tell you very quickly, it's DMAIC. Define the problem, measure. So you need to make sure you have data and you have a baseline and what does better look like quantitatively analyze the data and you do root cause analysis. You, re, you mentioned root cause analysis earlier. Then you can start coming up with solutions. Too many times we're in meetings and people talk about solutions and they don't even know what the problem is. They can't articulate it. So define, measure, analyze, improve, and then control. Control is where you develop a control strategy to maintain the game. Because if you implement a solution, you get improvements. You can't just walk away from it. You have to put something in place so you can make sure there is ownership, there is monitoring to make sure that those gains continue on through time. Regarding the different types of belts, uh, the lowest belt where I believe you get maybe one day of training and you just want to know high level what that is, that's a white belt, no project. A yellow belt is where you get maybe two days of training. Now, when I say days, I'm thinking in person, right? It's where you get maybe two days of training and you get a little bit more depth into the methodology. Green is where you get um, six day, five to six days of training and you actually have a project. That's where you get true certification is you apply it. With the others, white and yellow, you're learning 
but you don't have a project where you're applying. The green belt, which is what uh, the ladies who are going through my institute, they're getting a green belt credential where they take the exam and then um, they take the exam and then they have a project, a five month project that they have to apply. A black belt then uh, does more complex projects across sectors. And then you have a master black belt, which is one level above me, and that's the highest level, where they uh, actually try to influence the culture. So there's more of a continuous mindset uh, and a growth mindset within the culture of the organization. Oh, okay. So there's def definitely different levels to it. And I like how you mentioned define, analyze, control, because whenever I hear that, I think about the scientific method. And one of my other guests who came on, she was, I think she was a chemist or some form of scientist. And she talked about how you can apply the scientific method to all areas um, in business by just kind of going through the different methods in it and asking yourself those questions so you could formulate something that is, you know, truly sustainable. And so I like that you're working on that. So Joy, I want to ask, how do you feel about critical race theory? And do you look at that in any of the work that you're doing now? Because that is a big part of this whole diversity, equity, and inclusion. Oh my goodness, you asked me about CRT, right? That's the hot topic. <laughs> uh, I, I chuckle because in my state in Indiana, that is a hot topic, but it's not a topic that uh, many people are supportive of. So you asked me how I feel about CRT, critical race theory. And I know it's called a theory, but the way I look at it, it's looking at facts and history. We are a racialized country and we always have been. So race has been part of our founding fathers. And while I know there are many parts of our history that are not pretty, right? And we'd like to forget it, but we cannot deny that history is very much a part of where we are today. You cannot have today in this moment and the advances that we have today, you can't have that and then ignore everything that came before it. You know, just like uh, computers and technology, it didn't just appear. There were different, more primitive versions of it before we got the, you know, we can do almost everything now on your, you know, on your cell phone, that's your computer but you had a big computer that was the size of my room before that. So it's the same thing with our society. Are we in a better space? Yes, I think in some respects regarding race, but we didn't just get here. There is a long history that is very relevant. And in fact, some of the challenges that we have around race are still with us today. So with CRT, I actually don't believe it's a theory. It's just reviewing the racialized history of our country and how that has contributed to where we are today. And I know it was, uh, the theory was developed by, I believe, a law professor. When you look at our laws, to me, again, it's just fact. You can just go back and look at factual history, how laws have shaped who is Black, who is Native American? And in fact, with Native American, the laws have gone back and forth 
uh, defining who they are and who they are not. There's some very good books on the Native American history and what they've been through in terms of their uh, racial and ethnic identity and how that has been molded and shaped and manipulated based on laws and regulations. This is fact. So I just think it's very interesting that it has been politicized and weaponized to the point where um, some in our community and society don't take the time to really uh, go a little deeper and analyze what it is. I think now it's just a phrase and people kind of run through the streets and go, ah, you know, they want to get away with it without taking the time to to understand what it is. So that's how I feel about it. (laughs) Ooh, thank you for sharing that. Because I always tell people, I'd rather go deep diving with the individual that I bring on the podcast versus sitting at the surface level. Because if I stay at the surface level, we're not educating, we're not inspiring, or we're not motivating. Because I don't know everything. That's why I have to bring on subject matter experts such as yourself to share the things that you're doing in your field and how can we merge that with what I'm doing to really create those synergies and bring information to the forefront to challenge how we're thinking because that's where diverse thought comes in. That's where we show that inclusivity that um, rather than focusing on the exclusivity and we're taking things a little bit deeper within the short amount of time that we have. And I think as long as we're doing that, that is pushing the needle forward because we have so many people that are so comfortable and they're within their comfort zone because they don't want to ruffle feathers. But how much is staying silent costing you? Because being silent is just as bad as not speaking up, in my opinion. Thank you. I love everything you said. And I appreciate you asking me the hard question. I really believe asking the hard questions and having the conversation. And like you said, we cannot be silent. And so the more we have those conversations, uh, you know, we can forge a future that you know, will be even better. But if we're silent, it will not be to our um, benefit as a society and as a community. So thank you. Very good questions and conversation. And as we begin to wind down and jump into the call to action part of the segment, Joy, is there anything else you want to share with the audience regarding your business, Optimist Business Solutions? Okay. Yes, the call to action would be really process, process, process is in the middle of about everything that I do with Optimist Business Solutions and with the Six Sigma Racial Equity Institute. So as you're thinking about improving, whether it's your business, uh, profit or nonprofit, and improving your outputs and your outcomes, I would just challenge everyone to step back and look at what is the specific process that I need to analyze to get to the better outputs and outcomes. Because a lot of times we're just focused on something needs to be better, but we don't think about backing up to see what does it take? What is the process needed to get better? And also to be more data focused. And lastly, I would say not to overtrain. A lot of times we overtrain. And I just, I have a lot of books that cover a lot of research to say we are not moving the needle when we overdo it on the training. So that's why I say go training light 
and then really start getting down to business with the work that I do, for example, that is a little bit more quantitative. And when you combine the quantitative and the qualitative, the process and the people, you get better results, I promise you. Yes, I love that. So I'm going to say Q square, qualitative and quantitative plus P square, people and processes equals optimal results. And I also want to challenge you for those who may be in the employee bucket or the entrepreneurship bucket. If something does not feel right with your intrinsic feeling, which is your gut instinct, your discernment or et cetera, don't be afraid to raise your hand, ask questions or challenge the status quo because you have nothing to lose. And we're all in this together. And every day, we should be striving to become better versions of ourselves and continually learning. And Joy, how can our audience connect with you via your website? And where do you primarily hang out on social media? Okay, thank you. Optimist Business Solutions is my business and the website is Optimist, with the T, optimistindy.com. So you can go to that website. And then you'll also see information about my diversity training and the Six Sigma Racial Equity Institute under the diversity tab. I hang out mostly on LinkedIn. I try to do the Facebook, uh, but it just seems like probably 80 to 90% of my time is on LinkedIn. And uh, with regards to Instagram and Facebook, it's at Optimist Indie. So thank you. And there you have it, listeners and viewers, all of Joy Mason's contact information will be in the show notes. So make sure you scroll on down and click on her information. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We're on 40 plus platforms. You could also see all things video on our YouTube channel, which is at gems with genesis amaris kemp and i want to thank each one of you for tuning in on a consistent basis because of you our ranking has just been bumped up this morning to the top two percent globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per www.listennotes.com which brings me the big ask for sponsorships. If you are interested in being a sponsor to continue the mission behind GEMS, which is to bring on subject matter experts to share topics that are educational, inspirational, and motivational, we would like to have you. Spaces are limited, so head on over to genesisamarskemp.net to learn more info. Until next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.